The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Let's have our seats in God's presence. Glory, glory be to God. How has your week been? Can you help me ask a neighbor? And those of you streaming online, how has your week been? I trust God has been good to you. And I trust you have been enjoying God. Hallelujah. And experiencing God. Can you help me preach to a neighbor just before we get into tonight's teaching? Tell them you are not a thermometer. You are a thermostat. At least that's the way God wired you in the spirit. And I trust we know the difference and understand how a thermometer works and how a thermostat works. So many things happen all around us. Many times things we don't have a direct control over that affect us positively or negatively. All the global shakings that are going on now that are in one way or the other touching your bank account or touching our nation or touching your business, you, may, you don't have direct control on them. And these are things that can set or shift the atmosphere around your life. And if you are a thermometer or if you operate like a thermometer, you will just be reading the temperature of what these forces that seem to be beyond your control are setting in your life, good or bad. I mean, if it's good, maybe you'll be okay. But if it's not good, you're going to be in a bad place. You need to understand and remember from time to time that, okay, even if there are forces beyond my control, setting things around me, my business, my finances, my job, my my nation all around me, and those that I can control, the way God wired me is that I am a thermostat. There is a capacity I have within me that I can use to set the atmosphere around my life. I may not be able to affect a global crisis directly. I may not be able to directly affect the price of diesel or who the next president is or how the election goes, or anything like that. No. But there are certain divine abilities that God has given me that if I can begin to employ them, I can actually, to a very, very favorable degree, control what is going on around me. If you understand what I'm saying, shout hallelujah. And then you exercise yourself. It's not enough to be a thermostat. You must... Thermostat. <laughs> I mean, you need to go to that device and if you want the temperature to come down, turn the gauge on that thermostat, that device. Maybe the room is getting too hot and lower it. And if it's too cold, turn it. You, you actually must use what you have for that purpose. For that purpose, you, you need to change certain things around your life. And you, you need to know the instruments that are available to you to effect that prayer, 
praise, worship, a lot of the things we teach and demonstrate in church. But you now do it for the purpose you want to achieve in your life. Hallelujah. And I, I think that thought actually sets um, the backdrop of what I would like to share with us tonight. And some of these teachings we are doing, I want you to see how you can. I mean, this month we said we want to focus on the works of our hands, how you can use some of these things we are sharing to really affect things where your job, your business, your career is concerned, or the works of your hands, how you can bring about positive change in those areas. And you, you study these things, you learn them, you listen to them again, over and over again, until it um, begins to make meaning in your heart, and you can now take practical steps towards the goals you want to achieve. John chapter 4, let's start from there tonight. And, you know, I was just meditating in the world today and there are some of these conversations that are recorded in scriptures for us that Jesus had with different people at different times. So that was really the scope of my meditation today and I was just feeding from that. Um, John chapter 9, the conversation he had with the disciples about the man that was born blind. And now they were asking him, who sinned? And the widow answered them, no, it's not a matter of who sinned. It's so that the glory of God can be revealed in his life. John chapter 11. I was, for the most part, I think in the book of John. I read some other passages of scripture, but mainly in the book of John. Came to the tomb of Lazarus. He had died and they had lost hope. And he said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And he had different conversations. And of course, John chapter 4 is the conversation he had with the woman at the well. And these conversations are so powerful and are recorded for us in scriptures because they are not just to benefit the people that Jesus spoke with at that time directly alone. I believe they have meaning um, for those of us that they were written for, the scriptures are written for, and they can actually make a lot of difference in our lives. For one, they are scripture. And I want to draw your attention to something um, that Jesus told her. John 4, let's, let's read from verse 7. And this is really the crux of what I would like us to discuss tonight and for us to work on in our lives. Um, so he was at the well and the woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. It's amazing how God can demand things from us. Of course, you didn't know this was God here, but again, I want us to just walk with the construct of the conversation that I had. Give me a drink. Give me your tithe. Um, give me your time. Give me your skill. Give me two years of your life to do this or give me something that he will ask us of things. So Jesus asked her to give, give her a drink and the disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. He was alone with her. And then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew, of course she didn't know this was Jesus talking to her. She just thought it was just a Jewish man. Why are you um, asking me for a drink. 
And I think we also do that with God. Why is God asking me for things? Is the cattle upon a thousand hills belongs to him. Why is he asking for my money? Um, the world and everyone that belongs to the world belongs to me. Why is he asking me to do this for him in ministry or something? So she was rationalizing. Why, why are you asking me for a drink? A Samaritan woman. For the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. And I want us to focus a lot on verse 10 because this is really what I want us to discuss tonight. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you will have asked him and they will have given you living water. If you knew the gift of God and who is it that says to you, give me a drink, you won't focus on what is asking of you. You're not going to focus on what he wants to get to. You will focus on what he actually has to offer you or what he actually wants to give you or what he's actually giving you, not what he's demanding of you. You will have asked him and he will give you living water. Um, because of time, jump to verse 13. And Jesus said to her, Whoever drinks of this water, the water I'm asking of you from the well, whatever it is I'm, I'm demanding from you. And again, I want you to begin to think in your own life. I'm still going to go deeper on what I want us to discuss tonight. And of course, it's not water that I'm asking about you. I'm, I'm drawing a parallel here. But Jesus said, whatever it is that you give me, if the water that I'm asking for you, if you drink, you will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, what is I'm going to give you, you will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to everlasting life. Glory be to God. Somebody pray with us tonight. Say, Father, open the eyes of my understanding. So, I, I want us to learn to put our focus on the right things. Um, yes, it's possible for God to demand things from you. I gave you a few examples a moment ago. Beyond God, it's possible for life to demand things from you. And maybe you are in a chapter of your life right now that the things that are being demanded from you are drawing a lot of your attention, pulling your focus left, right, and center. Your husband is demanding this from you. Your children are demanding this from you. At work, your boss is demanding this from you. Your family, the things are pulling at you and drawing from you. And it's very easy to focus on what is being demanded from you, whether it's from God or from people or life generally. And you are not focused at all. And this is where your focus ought to be. You are not focused at all at what, on what God is giving you or what God has given you or what God has put in your life right now. You've heard me use this phrase a lot. I've talked about it a lot, divine exchange. God will never 
take something from you or demand something from any of us, whether it's our time or our ability, and will not deposit something in exchange. In fact, the things that he asks us to give to him and we offer up to him, whether it's our prayer or our worship or our finances or our effort, whatever it is that we are giving to him, depositing to him like the water Jesus was asking of this woman, it's only a platform for an exchange to take place. Hallelujah. I'm going to go a little further with this thought. I'm, 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 I'm dealing with this. In the same vein, God will never allow life to take from you, whether it's your husband or your children or your boss at work or whatever it is that is taking and pulling from you and you are his child and he's responsible for you and he will not create an opportunity in that situation for something more important, more valuable, richer, better to be deposited in your life. What I'm taking from this um, discussion Jesus had with this woman and what the Holy Ghost opened my eyes to is that in any place you find yourself that God is asking or taking something from you or life is taking something from you if you are a child of God and you are a believer and you are working with God you should understand that beyond what is being asked of you beyond what is being taken from you Beyond what you are giving away, the water that you are giving, that in any case, if we drink, we are going to be thirsty again. <laughs> Beyond all that, there is something better that God is introducing or about to introduce into your life that is of far greater value, glory be to God, than whatever it is that is being asked of you. And this is the formula or the, the strategy to win in life in that situation you are going through. Focus more on what God is adding into your life and giving to you. Let me bring it to where we are seated in this midweek service. I don't know, maybe you drove two hours to come here or one hour. Today I left, I left the island very early so <laughs> I could avoid traffic or whatever obstacle and loopholes you have to go through to get here. Maybe there was something very heavy on your heart that if you had your way, you wouldn't even come to church. You didn't feel like coming to church. But you waited through that sacrifice to be here, on-site or online, whatever it is. And if you are not careful in life, what was taken from you to get here, the two hours traffic you needed to drive through, or whatever you have to pay for transportation, or whatever sacrifice you have to make, your focus will be a lot on what is coming out from you, and you are missing on whatever it is that God is dropping into your life in this service. As we are teaching the word, as we are worshiping, or as we are praying, whatever it is we are doing. I want you to understand, at any point in time, Based on what we are reading here, I mean, when the Holy Ghost opened my eyes, I was so blessed. It just told me, God is always doing something or bringing something to your life, particularly when there is a platform for an exchange. 
And the question he told me to ask everybody tonight, many times God will tell me to ask the people questions. What is it that God is giving to you now in this season of your life? This chapter of your life? Or are you just so focused on what you are giving out? Or what life is demanding from you? What church is demanding from you? What heaven is demanding from you? The, the water that they are asking you, give me water to drink. And if you are not careful, that will be all you are focusing on. And you are not taking time to focus on what is... Can you even identify what God is giving you right now? What is the practical, tangible thing that God is doing in your life right now, giving to your life right now, adding to your life? Or are you saying that God is not doing anything? Because that may be your posture. This woman obviously did not know. Everything was just on the surface for her. Thank God she even asked the question she asked because that allowed the conversation to continue. If you knew who was asking you for water, you will not focus on the water he's asking from you. You will focus on the water he is giving to you. The one you are giving him, anybody that drinks that one will be thirsty again. Will thirst again. The one he will give you, hallelujah, it will make an eternal mark in your life. Are you here with us tonight? Let's read that verse 13 again. John 4, 13. Please pay attention. And I want you to believe this at all times. There is no day in your life. James chapter 1 says that, um, we, he said, don't be deceived, brethren. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from heaven, from the Father. There is no day. Um, Psalm, the, the psalmist said, David said in Psalms, he daily loads us with benefits. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Surely his goodness and his message shall follow us all the days of your life. So there is no day, I believe, and based on what the Holy Ghost my eyes to hear, that there is no season or chapter in your life that God is not doing something or about to do something. If you knew him that was asking for water, look at even what I said. I said, one, he said, if you knew the gift of God and the one that is talking to you, the giver and the gift. Every good and every perfect gift comes from heaven, from our Father in heaven. Every good and perfect gift. So the question is, do we know God on that level, the giver of the gift, that God is giving me something right now, something I can work with, something I can use for my benefit, something that can bring positive results into my life. One, do I recognize God on that level, which is what Jesus said, you don't know who you are talking to. You are more focused on the water that is asking of you. And you've not come to a place of spiritual understanding where he is only asking, not because he wants to take anything from you, but because he actually wants to introduce something into your life. Look at that verse 13 again. Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whatever it is that comes from us to him, it will easily be extinguished. It's only a matter of time. We will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, if I can know the gift of God in my life at this time, Hallelujah. 
there's a gift of God in my life for this season. For this chapter of my life. There's something God is giving me or about to give me. If you knew the gift, hallelujah. And said if you will drink that water, in other words, receive that gift, partake of it, use it as you ought to use it, you will never thirst again. If you knew the gift of God, if you knew the giver, so let's start by knowing the giver. Let everybody come to an understanding that this is who God is. He is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And he daily loads my life with these gifts. So the next job now is what is it that God is giving me now? What is the water that God is watering my life with now? For this woman, it was salvation from all her sins, all the mistakes of her past, all her five failed, five failed marriages, the shame that she had to be coming to fetch water at the well in the middle of the day where no women come out. That's why it was only Jesus and her at that well. All that guilt, all that shame. It was also, the water also gave her purpose. I mean, when her eyes opened and she started drinking of the water Jesus was giving her, she left her water pot. She went to town and she preached to everybody. And because of her, God was, Jesus was able to bless that village or that city there. When she drank of it. Hallelujah. And that's the challenge for you and I today. When we come to a place where we see God for who he is and not get bogged down with the water that we are giving or all the things that are taken from us. Taken from, have you ever looked at your bank account from time to time as if they are just taken from you? <laughs> eh? Landlord is taken from you. School is taken from you. Your car is taken from you. Your mechanic is taken from you. Oh, and if you are not careful, that will be your focus. And it's of necessity that water will be asked from you, from God and from men and from life. But if you will drink the water that heaven is giving you, look at how we describe it. It will be a well, hallelujah. You will never thirst again. That means you will never run dry. Hallelujah. The water shall come up, of course, specifically here, was referring to the Holy Ghost. But look at what it will do in our life. If I can receive the gift of God for my life now and know how to be receiving the gift of God in my life, the water that I shall give him, verse 13 again, will become in him a fountain of water springing up unto everlasting life. Everlasting. Somebody shout everlasting. everlasting. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter how much the landlord is taking, what I have is everlasting. Praise God. It doesn't matter what the, the school is taking. What I have is everlasting. Because my focus, hallelujah, is in the right place. Praise God. Lift your hands. Pray with me this evening. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to locate the gift of God that is given to me right now. I can hear you say, help me to locate the gift of God. I, I already know God as the giver. Someone, somebody declared that, God, I acknowledge you as the giver. Holy Spirit, help me to identify the gift for this season of my life. And help me to maximize it. Open your mouth and pray, 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 pray. What, what's the gift? What's the gift? 
What is heaven depositing in your life? What word is God giving you? What wisdom is God giving you? What favor has God given you? What gift has God given you? What is it that heaven has poured into your life for this season? Help me to locate that gift. Oh, Shanda Bosataya la Brekedosa. Somebody pray, 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 pray. Man Katoya la Pekedosa Taya la Brasa. In the name of Jesus. Help us to locate the gift. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This, this is a prayer you need to pray. Particularly if you are not sure you have known that gift yet. This is my gift from God. This is the wisdom from God for now. For this season. This is what God has given me to trade with at this hour. When, when, when I say gift and I want you to apply it the way, you should understand that at different times, there's something heaven has deposited in your life that you can walk with. This is the gift God has given me. I can interpret dreams like Joseph. So you're in that prison and Joseph will be looking for people. Ah, what's matter? I can encourage people. This is the divine gift. I, I'm not focused on the fact that life has taken my freedom from me. Potiphar's wife has lied against me. My brothers have stabbed me. I'm not focusing on what they have taken from me. I'm more focused on what the giver of good and perfect gifts has given. Even though my situation is very terrible, I'm in prison. I don't know when I'm going to come out. But I will focus on my gift. And I will start using that gift, drinking that gift while I'm here. And he did exactly what Jesus said he would do for her. It became for him a well of living water springing into eternal life. Took a while. <laughs> he had to be there for two years. But eventually he came out and he became all. Because he was more focused on not what God was asking from him, the water God was giving from him, but the water God was giving him. I want to show you someone that did that very, very well. And I love the way the, the Bible didn't give us many details about jo Jacob, I mean about Joseph. But the Bible gave us details about Abraham. Romans chapter 4. Abraham recognized his gift from God. And he used it maximally. For the season. Hallelujah. That's one year. Particularly that one year after God came to them, by this time, according to the time of life, you are going to have a son. Let's read, and I want you to see something powerful here. Romans chapter 4. This is what you need to be doing. You are not an orphan. I know you are in prison, like Joseph. I know your brothers have stabbed you in the back. But you are not an orphan. You have a high priest that is easily touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Let me go back to where we started from. You are not a thermometer. You are a thermostat. You can take your gift from heaven. Forget about what you can't control. Hallelujah. Remember that you are a thermostat and begin to regulate the best you can. If all you can do is to walk around the other prisoners and say, oh, why is your countenance sad? That, that's thermostat living. 
using the gift God has given you, not knowing that it's going to help end him up in the palace or in the center of God's purpose for his life. But that's how you do it. Knowing God to the point you know that God is a giver of good and perfect gifts. And you remind yourself, you are not alone. I know you may be in a tough spot, but you wake up and you remind yourself, God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. God loves me like he loves Jesus. What is the gift that God has given me? What is the pot of oil that God has put in my house? What is the word that God is speaking into my ears? And you take that gift and you run with that gift. Hallelujah. It will be in you a well of living water springing onto eternal life. You will have so much coming out of you everlasting. It doesn't matter what life is trying to take from you. You will have more than enough. Can I allow them in? That's what we need to focus on. Romans chapter 4, quickly. This is a very familiar text, so, but let, let's go through Abraham again. Abraham recognized his gift. Romans 4, what then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? What did Abraham find? What did Abraham discover? That's what he was asking us here. Verse 2, for if Abraham was justified by works... He has something to boast about, but not before God. So it's, it, it's not a function of what Abraham did. It was a function of the gift that God gave Abraham. And what does the scripture say? Abraham, please watch this very carefully. Because your gift can come anyway. Anyway. Abraham believed God... And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him that works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. So Paul was, the, the teaching that Paul was doing in Romans chapter 4 here was juxtaposing works from grace. Juxtaposing the law from grace. That, that was really his focus here. But the point I want you to see here is this. Abraham recognized that God had given him something. You read the story in Genesis, God came. God gave them that promise. Nine months' time, according to time of life, your wife is going to have a child. He was 99 years old. She was 90 years old. He had lost all hope of having a child. It had ceased to be with him according to the manner of men. He was okay. Let it just be Ishmael. God said no. Glory be to God. Watch quickly. Jump to verse 16. In fact, let's, let's, let's skip verse 16 because of time. Glory, glory be to God. Okay, let, let's read from verse 16 so we should flow. So watch. What, this is what I want you to say about Abraham here. That promise. You see, sometimes the gift of God can be so fickle. It's not a million naira in your bank account. Or a million dollars in your bank account. It's not a big house. It's not a title. He, he, all Abraham had was a promise. A promise God spoke to him in his tent. 
Hallelujah. For the promise, verse 13, let, let, for the promise that he will be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Abraham took that promise, and I'm sure he connected it back to everything God had spoken to him from Genesis 12, and he believed that promise. This is God's gift to me. I am a 99-year-old man with a promise that I'm going to have a child, a biological child. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I have a gift from God. Hallelujah. And he believed it. He believed it. Therefore, it is of faith, verse 16 now, that it might be according to grace, he, he believed that gift that God gave him. Watch, watch. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. The gift was the promise. Abraham believed in the promise. You need to believe in what God has given you. Hallelujah. It may be a skill. Believe in your skill. It may be favor before somebody. Believe in the favor God has put on your life. Maybe an ability to write, an ability to sing, an ability to cook, an ability to make clothes. And it may be a myriad of gifts. Believe in your gift. He mixed faith with it. Hallelujah. Let, let's read on. I want you to say something powerful here. I love the way the Bible broke it down for us. So it's of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Understand that this is for all of us. All of us that are the seed of Abraham. The promises of God to us, and I'm using the word gift now. Everyone has a gift from God. Ephesians 4 tells us that. To each and every one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. There is no body that is a part of the body of Christ that God hasn't given something to work with. But not everybody believes what God has given them. And that's a lesson we need to learn. And it's not just enough that we believe it. Watch what they told us about Abraham here. Hallelujah. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed, verse 16. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. It's for those that believe like Abraham. Who is the father of all of us? As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. You see, that word... I have made you. That was in Genesis 12. I have made you. Abraham took this is my gift from God. This is how I'm going to navigate this season of my life. I was meditating on this, and I believe I've shared this with us before. God told me that if he had woken Abraham up in that year, that's, this is what was on his head. This was what he was meditating on. That's why it's in, if your Bible is like mine, it's italicized. I have made you a father of me. That wasn't all God spoke to. If you read Genesis 12, it was four verses God spoke to me, but he summarized everything God said in a statement that it could be meditated on. I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you a father of many nations. I have made you a father of many That was his meditation. That was his confession. That was his gift from God. 
God didn't give me money. God didn't give me a big house. God didn't give, but God has given me something. God has given me a promise. Hallelujah. God has given me a promise. And I'm going to hold on to it. How did he hold on? In the presence, read on, we are now in verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of God, whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which, be not, which do not exist as though they did. And this is where it becomes very, very interesting. And this is where I want to encourage you. Verse 18, who contrary to hope believed in hope so that he would become the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Verse 17 said, according to what was written. Verse 18 says, according to what was spoken. We see another thing italicized there. So shall your descendants be. He was holding on to something else. I have made you a father of many nations. So shall your descendants be. I have made you a father of many nations. So shall your descendants be. He embraced God's gift to him. For his life. For that season. And he had to do it. Not that there were no obstacles. So you don't because you are facing obstacles. I'm talking to somebody right now. You have something. God has given it to you. But because of the challenges before you. You are forgetting your gift. Abandoning your gift. Not believing in your gift. No. Hallelujah. That's not how he got it. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Verse 19, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Something may have died. Something is no longer working. Something has failed. Something has collapsed. Don't lose your gift. Don't abandon your gift. That's why it's good to settle it and know what God has given you. Okay, my body has died, though, but he has made me a father of many nations. Oh, my body has died. What was the other quote? So shall my descendants be. He ignored, he said he hoped against hope. It's hopeless. What's for you is hopeless. Hold on to what God has given you. Am I talking to somebody this evening? Hold on to what God has given you. It may be as simple as a promise, a prophecy you had, a word you had, an idea from God, something you know you need to find out what God has given you. That's where we start from. So important. Abraham knew it so well. He condensed it into these two phrases. I have made you a father of many nations, so shall your descendants be. And when hopelessness faced him, he didn't get faced by the hopelessness. Ignored the deadness of his body, ignored the barrenness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider his own body dead, already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he did not waver at the gift of God to him. The promise of God was his gift. Through unbelief, now, watch this. Please read this properly. The unbelief came. Sir, you are not going to be 100 years old and there will be not days where you wake up and you, is this thing going to happen? No. He's a human being too. But, 
as the unbelief came, he didn't allow him waver. He always responded to the unbelief. So shall my descendants be. I have made you a father of many nations. The next morning, the unbelief will come again. So shall, and he will respond. He didn't waver. The unbelief was there. The hopelessness was there. The deadness of his body was there. The deadness of Sarah's womb was there. But he just kept, <laughs> praise God, identifying what God had given him and holding on to it. Verse 20, he did not waver the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. That's a very powerful key. We've talked about that a lot in church. Kept praising God, giving glory to God. That song we sang earlier on, just giving God all the glory. Hallelujah. And verse 21 says, being fully convinced, praise God, that what God had promised, the gift God had given him, he was able to perform it. Praise God. My friends, this is where we need to be. Let's find out what God has given us for this season. It may be just a word. And it can be many other things. Take your time. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit. God, what have you given me now, now, now? What have you given me? It may be a job. May you never trivialize the gifts of God in your life. Ah, that your amen doesn't sound like you understand what I'm saying. I said, may you never imagine if Abraham had forgotten those what God told him because he woke up one morning and ah, he saw Sarah's body. <laughs> I mean, the unbelief was speaking loud. The hopelessness was very dark. And you will have days like that. He had days like that's what they were telling us. He had to hope against hopelessness. He made sure he did not waver against the unbelief was there. He had to, that, it wasn't just, you see, we read, we read the story that it was a, a year of faith. No, it was also a year of unbelief. Probably the initial stages. Maybe by month six when Sarah's womb had, <laughs> had gotten big or something. But initially, the unbelief was there, but he didn't allow it waver. Praise God. I want to encourage you. Don't focus on what life is taking from you. Don't focus on what people are taking from you. Don't focus on what God is asking of you. Yeah, he may come to you and say, give me water. No God beyond that. Find out what God is giving you or has given you or is about to give you. Praise God. And like Abraham, use that gift to transform your life. Praise God forevermore. Can we rise on our feet tonight? Let's lift our hands to heaven. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's talk to God. Holy Spirit, help me to locate my gifts for this season. Help me to locate my gifts. A good place to start is the promises of God to us. But it's not limited to that. What, what has God given you? What the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station. 
First Bank bus stop off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00640.